2: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD, from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for listening with us here today. We're very glad that you've joined us, and it's great to get your comments on Facebook. Thank you for liking us, the Spirit of Recovery. We have a Facebook page, so you can like us on Facebook, and also thanks for uh, sending us emails and letting us know how the Spirit of Recovery is impacting your life and how you are are growing in your recovery and what you're doing as a part of your recovery. It's really great to hear from you. And also, I want to thank you for letting the people in your recovery community and in your unity community and all the other spiritual communities you're part of and your family, your friendship circle, for letting them know also about the spirit of recovery. I love having the opportunity to broadcast on the topic of recovery here on Unity Online Radio. And I know that uh, the guests that I have on here are always people that touch your heart, that bring you good information, that get you thinking about different ideas that inspire you to keep on growing in your recovery and in your interest in this topic of recovery. So every week we do have guests that are down-to-earth, that are knowledgeable, that bring you inspiration and information, and we always have topics that are important to the recovery community, topics that open up new possibilities for you and uh, give you that support and that uh, sense of strength and that sense of community that are so important um, as additions to our recovery walk and are really essential to that recovery walk. I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction... Or if you're the family member of uh, someone who's got the disease of addiction, whether or not they are in recovery, or if you're a family member or friend that's, also just, that's in your own recovery as a family member or friend, uh, somebody that has a relationship with a person that has the disease of addiction, or if you're just curious, you're just interested in recovery, we welcome you here on The Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're listening, and you're welcome to participate with a comment or a question in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And this month of May, I'm celebrating 32 years uh, in being involved in my own uh, process, engaged with the 12 Steps as a person who has in my life uh, people that have this disease. And so I am, I, again, very joyful and very enthusiastic about the opportunity to share with you about recovery and about spirituality, because the unity principles, the recovery principles sure keep transforming my life and keep uh, me growing in ever deeper ways. Today we have uh, the topic of growing up all over again, and... Uh, You know, if you grew up in a family that was affected by the disease of addiction or uh, any other kinds of things that can be painful that happen in a family, uh, childhood can be pretty intense. There can be certainly lots of good things about it, and there can also be things about it that are uh, difficult, things about it that uh, we used to maybe we develop some patterns that were survival patterns as children, and then as we become adults, those survival patterns begin to get in the way. So the good news is, is that we can all grow up all over again, that uh, when we have, if we've had the experience of having um, to have developed some pretty strong survival skills as children, we can undertake as adults the challenge of exploring and healing how we were impacted, and we can turn those survival skills with some healing and with some spiritual openness and with some work, we can turn those into skills that help us to really live. And we can find out that the wisdom and that the compassion we gained from growing up in a challenging situation really fits us to bring a lot of gifts to life and have a lot to share with other people. My guest today is Carol Brown, and Carol has been with me here before on the Spirit of Recovery. She's uh, always got something interesting to share because she's a person who's always growing herself and always looking for ways to support her clients in uh, deep recovery Carol is a therapist. She's an addictions counselor, and she has uh, been an addictions counselor for over 30 years. She's uh, always working to help people advance and enhance their recoveries, and her focus is on helping her clients to take the very best possible care they can of themselves and learn how to nurture themselves and how to live in a flexible way and in a way that allows them to really enjoy life. Carol also uh, Works with a doc, assisted therapy, and she talked with that, uh, us about that uh, on Spirit of Recovery uh, several months ago about how that works, and it's it's really an interesting uh, part of uh, a therapeutic process that she uses. You can read more about Carol at her website, just Carol Brown a Better and it's C A R O L B R O W N E a Better So, Carol, thanks for joining us again here on Spirit of Recovery.
3: It's always fun to be with you. I'm looking forward to our next adventure today.
0: All right. It's going to be good. So, all right, we're talking about growing up all over again. So, what's it like for children that grow up in a family that's affected by the disease of addiction?
3: So I think the first word that comes to me is unconnected. And then the second I say that, it pops up for me that um, growing up in a pain-loaded family also means that we are out of balance and in some ways overly connected. So unconnected with ourselves and overly connected and overly carrying around the energies of others. So, what characterizes it uh, a lot is there are deficits. What people need to grow up in a lot of cases is largely missing, and we can talk about that in some detail. But one of the sneaky things about it is people have no clue in a, a lot of times that this is going on because whatever they're experiencing in their own growing up families is what's completely normal to them. And that becomes really baffling for people. And so one of the things I like about what I do and what I experience in my own personal life is just plain information coming to me about, like what we're talking about today, what characterizes all of this and and what I can do to make up for those deficits.
0: Right. You know, the thing uh, that struck me when you were talking about that carol is that uh a lot of times what in general we tend to think about growing up just means well you you know you physically mature you you get out there and you maybe get some schooling and you get a job and voila you've grown up and we really look at it a lot in an external sense but i think you're talking about something really different what do you mean growing up and and what kind of deficits um, come?
3: Thanks for that question, for sure. Um, So let's go back to the title of today's talk, Um, Growing Up All Over Again. And what I would suggest here is that there are certain ingredients, certain things that were necessary to grow up in the first place. And when the big people that, took care of whoever it was, whether the big people were parents or somebody else, when they don't have those ingredients to give, then people really literally cannot mature. They cannot grow. And this stuckness develops. So for instance, in the first stage of life, um, and then it repeats a lot of times as we're going through life, is what's necessary in order to mature and to thrive. Like one of the things you were talking about in your intro was, oh, I love this phraseology I wrote down. Where is it? Mm. Oh, skills to help us really live. Those skills aren't taught. And so one of the things that would help that skill develop is a loving response from the big people who are taking care of us to everything that's going on with us. Well, if the big people are in survival mode themselves, they don't have the energy to really pay attention. They're using most of their energy to survive themselves. And it may look really good on the surface. And it may seem like it's loving. You know, you'll hear people say, well, I grew up in a fine family. It was very loving. But there was this absence of energy and an absence of real connection um, that, that... results in a person not being able to thrive and results in all these goofy symptoms later. So that's one example. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like an internal experience. I mean, a person may physically grow up or mature, but but inside there's something going on emotionally that's not working, That's that, where's the deficit. Is that what you're talking right. about? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and there's something, I I think there are certain things that are necessary for, soul development as well as emotional and mental and physical development. Um, And uh, so we're talking about loving responses, real attention to what the child needs. And when the big people are in survival mechanisms themselves, then all the attention and all the energy goes toward what the big people need, not what the child needs. So there gets to be a real poverty of spirit there. And when that, when that, when that real holding, teaching, nurturing energy is missing, the child cannot thrive. Just like a flower without sun and water and nutrients can't thrive. It's like taking a flower and putting a box over the top of it. There it sits in the dark without what it needs, and it just can't grow and thrive. And it's kind of the same dynamic with kids who grow up in pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: One uh, example that I thought of was: it can be really something simple like, say, the child comes home from school and... uh, the parent says, how was your day? And the child starts to say what happened. And then immediately the parent starts to criticize it or, or question them in kind of a negative way about what you did, what, or whatever. And right there, something negative happens, doesn't it? There's a disconnect.
3: Absolutely. And there, a lot of people learn that the, that the way to protect our kids is to criticize them. That's what happened to them when they were growing up, and so that's what they pass on. And so, yeah, it it just causes a starvation of the spirit. Absolutely it does. But yet it's so normal. It's so normal that no one even thinks to question it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And things look real really good on the outside, but on the inside, and seen, people seem to thrive for quite a long time and be very successful. And then later on, Uh, At some point or another, these things start to show up, like um, people are, uh, oh, you know, maybe I would say I'm not really depressed, but I I just feel kind of low a lot of the time. And no, I wouldn't say there's like a real joy in my life. There are little bits of excitement, but no, I think life is pretty hard, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's real joyful for me at all. Or people have trouble... Maintaining any kind of a real friendship or a real relationship, well, how could they when they're not connected to themselves and have never really allowed to be? Wouldn't know how to go about it. And so that's when we talk about all these help systems and how absolutely magnificent they are to correct all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I was working. Go ahead. mm -hmm. I had another thought there. Um, Sure. One thing that starts to happen besides this chronicity of just feeling kind of low and kind of blah, um, it's kind of this low-grade depression that you carry with you, is there's a chronic anger that develops out of all this neglect and maybe abuse. And it may be really unconscious, but the person is just generally easy to become irritable and primarily negative and just resentful about folks and the life in general that sort of thing becomes like a chronic attitude and so it's a pretty unhappy thing and it's it's because they're starving and then of course there's pain um recognized or not and so people intuitively begin to medicate that pain they either repress it or medicate it they try to or distract from it, they try to take care of it in the best way they know how, but then those problem solvers become the problem causers in their own right. So it becomes quite a vicious cycle.
0: Right. What do you mean by medicated or uh, escape from it? Give us some examples.
3: Okay, so um, think of any addiction you can think of. People start medicating with alcohol or prescription drugs or street drugs or food, or gambling, or overworking, is a prime example. Um, okay, I find out I'm really successful when I'm performing, and I I to the to the I feel as good as I can about myself and about life in general when I'm a success with whatever I, I've chosen to do. And so, people on the outside look like oh, they look phenomenal. They're they're very successful in their fields of endeavor and they just shine, and it looks like they have friends all over the place, but on the inside, it's barren. Um, and then those things that we take on to feel better with and distract with, then those things become fixed. Then it becomes that the person can't not do them. It's not a choice anymore. There's a very much a paucity of choice in this whole deal that's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, I'm sure that in the past and, and even now maybe that you that that's what you see in clients that you have is that, as you said, they may look very successful and be successful on the outside in terms of accomplishments, but there's something inside that's not working. Again, they're feeling a disconnect from joy or maybe their family relationships aren't going well.
3: Is that, kind, is that what you see happen? Mm-hmm. And then um even more than that, their relationships ships with themselves aren't going well. I mean, they're really trying hard with the best they know how to do. And yet there are these miserable things that happen. I think of somebody I know pretty well who um is a very successful guy, um and has worked really hard at various aspects of his own recovery. And this recovery stuff works in stages and layers. And right now he's confronting um, feeling very badly, very dissatisfied with his work and being chronically angry. And he just doesn't know where that's coming from. Well, one of the things that happens with when we don't get to as much help as we need, even somebody who's getting help. If we don't get as much as we need for whatever aspect we're in, um, we kind of turn in on ourselves and before we learn these skills that I'm sure you and I are going to talk about today, um, we begin to treat ourselves like we were treated, unknowingly. So now I'm being neglectful to myself or I'm being abusive to myself or Um, I have no clue about how to really take care of myself.
0: Hold on to that thought. It's time for our break. We'll be right back. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back and talk about growing up all over again with my guest, Carol Brown.
2: As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed? and there's no other door in sight. In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that... Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org.
1: Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Catrell Ross, The Coach's Coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is growing up all over again. We're talking about what it's like um, if you grew up in a family that was affected by the disease of addiction or any other kind of a painful situation in a family. And what you can do as an adult to address some of those deficits, some of the ways that maybe you missed out on emotional connection or spiritual connection or soul growth. That there really is hope that we can Go back and learn truly to love ourselves and to find connections with ourselves, with our higher power, with other people in the here and now. There are lots of healing modalities, and in the end, it's that connection with our higher power that helps us to heal. So my guest, Carol Brown, who is a therapist um, and been a therapist for 30 years working with people in addiction uh, who are into recovery and helping them find that deep recovery is my guest, and she's sharing with us about uh, uh, how you do grow up all over again and how that can work. So, before I make back to my conversation with Carol Brown, I invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute, a moment where we uh, relax, where we take a breath, where we share together a constructive idea, and take a moment in the quiet while listening to some beautiful music. So, I invite you to relax, to take a breath allow your mind to open and share with me this constructive idea. I am connected in love and wisdom with my inner self. My higher power shows me the way to healing. I am connected in love and wisdom with my inner self. My higher power shows me the way to healing. And now we rest for a moment in the quiet. friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that this time together in the quiet opened up a way to feel that connection and to experience the presence of your loving higher power. And now I'm back with my guest, Carol Brown, and we're talking about growing up all over again. So, Carol, before our break, uh, you were talking about how in childhood, when we don't learn, when we don't get that response from the adults that are the uh, caregivers in our life, when we don't get a connected response or sometimes even when we get an abusive uh, treatment from them, that as adults we end up treating ourselves the way they treated us. So um, what can we do about that? How does that play out for us in our lives Or, or what are some of the results of that?
3: I think the beginning of that You know, oftentimes these kind of crisis moments that come along when people really start to feel badly um, are just such gifts of helping people really pay attention to themselves. Um, When somebody develops some kind of a personal crisis, that's their best chance at seeking some well-deserved help for themselves. And just to get some information that they just haven't had before. Um I was having some thoughts when we were having that nice serene moment about um self connection. Let's think about energy for a minute or think of uh think about what what is my day like today? Um, how much time did I have in my day to day and did did all the things I wanted to do today, do they all fit? And if they didn't fit, what did I do about it? And did I have time to really pay attention to myself at each step along the way as I was doing each task today? And one are the things that happens in these um, unhappily distracted families where everybody's just trying to survive Um is we just don't know how to pay attention. And so we get way off the track about how much energy do I really have and how much time do I really have and how am I going to take care of this person? I'll give my own personal example. Um, I had a very active weekend, and so when I woke up this morning, I was worn out to the point of having my body hurt. So I paid attention to that, and a lot, and I can remember the time when I would just gloss over that and push on. But I've been taught some things now, and so I could go, okay, this shower is going to feel like a miracle, and maybe I'll take a couple more minutes with that this morning. Or my example this morning was I can no more show up in business clothes today than fly. And so I saw my morning client with jeans and a T-shirt. And that gave me the most availability to myself and the most relaxation, and I was therefore able to be more attentive to her. And I had a nice walk with my dogs this morning. knew how important that fresh air was, and I had that prayer time. And I took care of my son's dog at noon, and I've been taught now, instead of trying to live those 72 hours and 24, that, oh, I really only have 24, so let's not put too many things on the list. And I check in with myself. Am I going to answer this phone call right now? No, actually I'm not. The person can leave a message, and I'll get back to them as soon as I can. Instead of always having to be on deck for everybody's everything, so, um, I, I wandered off across the fields on that one. I hope I answered the question.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. And, and that so when you pay attention to your inner life and to what what you, what you need emotionally, what you need spiritually, what you need physically, it changes how you come to who you do encounter in your day. Sounds like it benefited your client that you uh took time for yourself. And that's often opposite to how we think. We usually think, man, if I just uh, go farther and faster and that's gonna be better exactly. for everybody. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And you talked way in the beginning too about flexibility. Coming from these kinds of families, we don't have any flexibility. It's real rigid and it's real stuck. And so today, because I because I took care of myself, so the client walks in the door and all of a sudden they start to do real loud work on my street and it was jarring to both of us um and so we could be flexible and I brought her into another part of the house um so I could be that flexible so the other you know well, of course it's if I have my preference I like people to have this very relaxing very attractive peaceful place to be so the place where we had to go to get rid of the sound was back in the back part of the house where I would not had time to clean, where there was all this construction dirt, yada, 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 and we just, laundry sitting around. And we just incorporated that right into the session, and it worked fine. I didn't stress about it, and neither did she. But that capability came for both of us because we pay attention to ourselves, and we have that flexibility today that we didn't used to have. Yeah.
0: So, in addition to that, uh, what, you know, in a painful family, part of the survival mechanism is getting really rigid and it's either or, this or that, all or nothing, uh, and we need the flexibility. If uh, we're going to shift that, what are some of the other uh, ways, the other characteristics, the survival mechanisms that we acquire growing up in or we develop growing up in a painful family, and how do we shift those?
3: So another issue to think about is, again, with that self-connection idea, if I'm going to learn to take better care of myself, um, like you were saying, before it was cram-jam, harder-faster, not really considering what effect it was having, how it was affecting me, and then thereby, how was I affecting others? Instead of that, it's taking a look at, Well, let's see, if I'm going to take care of myself, what are some definitions for myself about what is comfortable and what is safe? If I'm going to reverse that mindless placing myself in places and with people that really aren't good for me because I'm just not thinking about it, um, let me think about it. What I know I'm comfortable when, that's a nice thing to test yourself on. I feel really comfortable when and sit down just with a piece of paper and take 30 seconds to answer that question a whole bunch of time. Fascinating things come out of that. You know, I know I'm comfortable when things are quiet. Other people feel really comfortable when there's a lot of stimulation. So it's like, well, what what is it for me? Let me think about me. Um, Just that can be a revelation, well, I never thought about that before. Well, with good reason, because in the system you grew up in, there was no time or energy for that. You weren't allowed. Never mind who you are. You be what the family needs you to be because we all have to survive here. So it's an absolute reversal of that. It's kind of like, let's flip that pancake. Mm-hmm. If I didn't pay attention at all before, let me let me find some folks who are also learning how to pay attention in that same way, um, which is why both you and I are such high proponents of 12-step programs because they do exactly that. They help people focus on taking responsible, caring care of themselves. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: What are some other skills? Like one thing that happens uh, when people grow up in a painful family is they tend to uh, learn, they kind of end up taking everything personally. They think everything, if somebody said something, it must be toward them or about them. Um, How does that happen, and what's the skill? How can that shift?
3: It's a lovely example of that thing about how we're not allowed to mature, those ingredients of, attention and loving response and safety, when they were missing, then we come up short, and then we develop these survival attitudes. And so um, personalizing everything, and everybody's doing it to me, and I have to be on the defensive at all times, and I'm in lock and load. My dukes are up, and I'm ready for the next attack to come at me. And that gets real exaggerated in... um, real unchangeable so that it doesn't really matter. It might be a neutral or even a good situation, but in my mind, I'm now stuck thinking of it negatively and as if it's a threat to me. So one of the phrases, for instance, that I've heard in my circles of love and friendship is they're not doing it to me, they're just doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, it has an effect on me. It has an effect on me. I'll give you an example of that. And I'm responsible for what I do with the effect. It's not about ignoring it. So I was with some people recently who um, had very poor skills at taking care of themselves and how they distracted um, and kept themselves to the best that they could safe and comfortable was with a lot of excitement and drama and chaos and overextending themselves. And so... Um, I was in their company for a prolonged period of time, and it just blasted me. And I I thought of it in terms of sound, for instance. It was like if I was going to describe the sound that that energy made, it was like they'd go along for a little while and be like, ah, 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 ah. And so that was going on repetitiously, and I woke up sore from being in the presence of that. Now, they had no awareness of that, and they were perfectly nice people, but they were people who would grown up in those hurting patterns. And, for instance, they'd work hard all day, and at the end of that, they were going to cram, jam, push it harder, and go off to this other job that they had to drive through rush hour traffic to get to, you know, which was just real punishing to themselves but they had no clue that there was anything untoward about that. And so it affected me. And so I'm responsible for the effect it had. Now, what am I going to do about that? Well, today I took that extra long shower and I got some extra rest. So I was behaving realistically according to what was going on rather than trying to fight with it. That's what happened. That's how it was. So now what am I going to do about it? And rather than think they're all out to get me and they did that on purpose, No, they didn't. They were just being themselves the best way they could. But I've been in a lot of places where I was taught that new attitude. So being in places where I can learn those new attitudes that replace that that personalizing, defensive, irritable stance that I certainly have had. Yeah, I like that example that you gave a lot. Yeah,
0: that's good. And That's a very compassionate way to live. Uh, Again, you're not saying, well, you know, it didn't bother me how they were. Uh, It did affect you. And you're not thinking that they were doing it at you or that they're bad people. It's just, it's life. It happens. And a lot of times people are unaware and we need to take care of ourselves. That's a really compassionate way to live, Carol. Thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you.
3: And that, thank you, thank you. And that brings up another point is, We, in those pain-loaded families, really the rule is you, child, do not get to pay attention or have any compassion or attention for yourself. You are to ignore that. Forget it's even there. Never mind about you because the survival of all of us is much more important. So the reversal of that, where we get to go learn and have the idea about maybe I'd like to learn how to be compassionate with myself that can then lead to others. The only way I could have any compassion for them, since it was affecting me and quite deleteriously, I might add, was to take real good care of myself. So with some safe people, I could go sound off about that, you know, and, 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 you know, just kind of have my little mini tantrum about that, and then I could have some, you know, those kind of skills that I've now learned to have. Um, and I want to really respect how deeply set that those old patterns are. And it was a very new concept for me who, out of that, came with a stance about I need to be very strong and very independent. And that turned out to be very isolating. Uh, So the very idea that I deserved to have some help with that, and I deserved to have somebody teach me something that was healthier, was amazing.
0: It's time for our second break. Thank you, Carol. That's good. We're going to pick up on that when we come back. Stay with us. We'll be talking about uh, growing up all over again with my guest, Carol Brown. We'll be right back.
1: In a state of change, a period of transition, perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life.
2: Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with your host, Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm glad that you're listening with us today. Our topic is growing up all over again. We're talking about uh, how, as adults, if we grew up in a painful family, a family that was affected by addiction or other intense experiences, how uh, we can transform the those survival skills that we learned into life skills and that we can bring the compassion and wisdom that we learned from growing up in a difficult situation into life today and can really be a blessing to people. My guest is Carol Brown. Carol is a therapist. She's been uh, an addictions therapist for 30 years. Uh, Carol also works with dog-assisted therapy and uh, she is a presenter and a guest speaker, a teacher, and a mentor for adult programs and she works with clients. To help them deepen their recovery and really do this inner work to grow up all over again and to find that connection with themselves. So, Carol, before the break, uh, we were talking about the idea of of how uh, part of what happens when you grow up in a painful family is isolation and self sufficiency. Um, For some people, that can look different. Some people can look like an over-dependence on others, but it's certainly an inner isolation. And you talked about that one of the adult skills that can help us live is learning to ask for help. Oh, my, that's hard. How does that work?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'll be happy to talk about that. You also popped another thought for me that I want to go back to. The whole thing is characterized by being out of balance, and so you were talking about people being overly dependent and I had a thought about that. Um, people who are overly dependent, the inner the the inner part of us is so intuitive and sometimes lacks adequate tools, but boy, it's right on in a lot of ways. And so sometimes when people are overly dependent, there's kind of this inner stance that I've observed. Of course, the person's not conscious of this, where the person is going. You know what? I was shortchanged. Again, this is all unconscious. But the inner person's going, "I was shortchanged. You know, I didn't I didn't get, let's say, growing up what I really deserve to have. And I am not moving one step in my own behalf until somebody pays up." And so, there's this thing about, "Nope, it's your job to take care of me." Of course, that's been modeled for them, too. They saw other people doing that, and so that's all they know how to do. But attitudinally, there's sort of this thing. And so to become conscious of that, it's like, oh, I was right. I did deserve to have more attention and care. But to insist in my social and in my love relationships that someone do my stuff for me Um, I'm imploding on myself with that anger. Let me figure out a way to get my needs met that are nicer. So then that brings me to your current question about, well, what do we do then? So particularly with this idea of growing up in this, uh, where there are stucknesses that we call addictions, the things we've talked about, like addiction to alcohol or overwork or food, or gambling, or, you know, these uh, big things that we were going to distract and comfort with that turn into problems of their own right. That sets up a very specific thing. that has a very specific help system. So my recommendation about that, to go the farthest, the fastest, if people are cottoning to the idea about, oh, yeah, I think I will look for some help, because we sounds like a pretty good deal from from what is being talked about. So there there are three things that really go a long way, the farthest, the fastest, to arrest this whole thing that we're talking about and to turn it around. And the, the top of the list is to our uh, various places that are skilled to treat this specific stuff, to treat addiction and how people are affected by other people's addiction. And so to look that up in the yellow pages or online. Look up addiction recovery and see what you find out and what might appeal to you and, and look at people's websites and all that sort of thing and talk to people. Um, and the second thing down is we've referred a lot to 12-step programs. 12-step programs, what they're geared to do is to help people with these very disorders that we're talking about recover in every facet of their life at once. It's whole person wellness or we're looking for other help through counseling, either individual or group or family or some combination of all that, that is trained specifically in this stuff. That will go the farthest the fastest. We seek other kinds of help, and people have every will in the world to want to help us, but they're not skilled in what we need. So we deserve to hit it on point and go for the best from the first. So, great. Yeah, that thank answer, you. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Those Sometimes. three things. Great. So, you know, when I have a toothache, I go to the dentist. If I grew up in an addicted family, I'm looking for an alanide group or I'm looking for a therapist who knows about addiction and co-addiction. Um, I ran across a definition, by the way, that I wanted to slip in there because I thought it was just so great. Sure. <laughs> I found go this. Ahead. I found this online. Codependence is about growing up depending on someone who's depending on something that's not dependable. That just struck me funny because it's so true.
0: That's good. you got to say that one again. That's good. Read yeah, first.
3: Yes. I know. You have to think about that one. Codependence is about growing up depending on someone. So here are the little kids depending on the big people, of course, and the big people who are depending on something, i.e., alcohol, other drugs, gambling, overworking, all these medicators, who's depending on something that's not dependable. So that refers to the things that the people are trying to comfort themselves with, turn around and, and bite them and become the problem causers instead of the problem solvers. So that was just a, a real concise way to explain that whole dynamic.
0: That's great. How does that spirituality come in here?
3: The whole, oh, I love it, the whole, the whole thing we're doing is trying to recover in spirit. Coming from the places that we've been talking about today, um, our spirits got just mortally wounded. It's amazing that some of us are still walking around. And it was so paradoxical because a lot of us looked so good on the surface. And like we were talking before, we're so successful. But recovery is all about connecting with ourselves and with that spirit and to that power greater and becoming a part of that whole thing where we do get to have assistance from all kinds of places and from the power that we pick that's greater than ourselves. When we've been so alone and have been given the message about, there is no help, you're it, kid. You know, because the people weren't there to give it. And so of course we formed that opinion. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, it strikes me that what's going on in an addicted family, even if outwardly it may be religious or whatever, but but what's really going on is that lack of a connection to a to the to a higher power, to the to some kind of a spiritual power. And if the adults in a family don't have that connection, if it's not real for them, if they're not being able to, you know, to truly get that spiritual help, it really does leave the child in a in a pretty difficult situation because the child thinks, "Oh my goodness, it's all up to me." Oh my goodness, I'm a little kid. How oh am I going to navigate this?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a thing that that um, struck me since I am getting older now. When when somebody was talking about what successful aging is all about, and he was talking about the two main ingredients for successful aging are to have an interest in something and to have community. And that was a nice combination, I thought. And I think that's what we've been talking about in this hour. That's right. So, In Go this ahead. case, the interest, we get to be really healthily interested in ourselves, recognizing that in a lot of cases we haven't been allowed to be yet. And that's why we that's why I was talking originally about we're growing up for the first time part of maturing is this real connection with self which then allows real connection with other
0: yeah, yeah. you know the paradox in that uh, is that when we do uh, get to be interested in ourselves then we have that ability to really be interested in other people, and that's a lot of times not how we frame it um, in our culture.
3: Isn't that the truth? We just certainly get it backwards, you know. To have an interest in myself is to be self-centered and selfish. That's how far afield we've gotten. And I agree with you exactly. It's that that real spirit of self that connects to self. That allows my true availability and my true ability to serve others, which then ultimately really gives me joy that's the, then the balance comes, yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yep, yep, yep.
0: yeah, and you know one thing too uh, another characteristic that can happen uh, in growing up in a painful family, is that we can tend to expect the worst, and anything that happens, we awfulize it, and, oh, my goodness, oh, no, you know, I think a chicken little, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. And it can affect us, you know, personally, it can affect our family, it can affect us uh, as we relate to the larger issues of life. What's the way to transform that one, to get out of the the sky's falling syndrome?
3: There are, you know, the places that we talked about going help with that because, first of all, we thought we're the only, if we were conscious at all, we thought we're the only ones who thought that way. And, like, you go to some group or another and you, you hear these clever lines like, my head is a neighborhood that you wouldn't want to go into alone. You know, to learn a bunch of humor around that negativity that most of us seem to show up with. And then we begin to learn the opposite. Like we learn affirmations of which your quiet moment was a wonderful example. We learn a different language in our head that give us some choices. And so nowadays when that attitude shows up in my head, now I have a choice about how long am I going to entertain that particular train of thought Well, I think I'll give it about 30 seconds because it's pretty much fun right now, but then I'm going to change my mind, and now I've been trained to say some prayers or um, do all kinds of tools that I've learned to do something differently, and choice is a key ingredient in it.
0: Right, so we don't have to be stuck with uh, an old groove. We can do something different. We can hop over the track, get in a different Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And most of us didn't even know we were in a no-choice place. We're just doing what's normal and natural until it, you know, something real crummy pops up where you know, we wouldn't have thought of going for help coming from that independent place, but whoops, that really grabbed our attention and then that puts us on a road where Some help can lead to more help and, oh, my goodness, look at what I found now. And isn't this good? Right. Yeah. Aren't I good? Who knew?
0: Yeah. It is. Yeah, so it's that that thing about how it is true. It's not just a cliche that uh, difficulties in life really can open up the door for us and can open us up to a much more uh, positive way of life. Carol, we're at the end of our time, and I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today here on the Spirit of Recovery. And thank you so much for your honesty and for your experience and uh, for living your life in such a connected way and for the help that you give to others. So, uh, listeners, thanks for uh, joining us today here on Spirit of Recovery. If you want to read more about Carol Brown's work, you can look at Carol Brown, and that's Brown with an E, abetterway.com. Have a wonderful week. God bless, and we'll be God back God bless, next everybody. Week. It's
3: been great being with you.
0: See you next week.
2: Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul, online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org.
1: Know that you are supported in your quest to create a more fulfilling life? In fact, spiritual psychology suggests that the key to purposeful living lies in your ability to embrace all of who you are and everything life has brought your way. Jesse Harriet wants to talk with you about how to do just that being yourself and becoming yourself. That's what living on purpose is all about. Call in with your questions and comments for Jesse live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central on Living on Purpose, where we blend psychology and ancient wisdom only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create an extraordinary story of your life. Join best-selling author Mark Nepo and singer-songwriter Daniel
0: Naymod at Unity Village for The Exquisite Risk, Daring to Live an Authentic Life, September 19 twenty-second, 2013. Take The Exquisite Risk with Mark Nepo in this inspiring retreat and workshop. Learn more at unityvillage.org slash NEPO.
1: Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change.
2: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
1: Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance, and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul, How to Live a Life of Integrity in Soul Vows. And discover your soul's unique purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit JanetConner.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things.